Hello, everyone. This is Alex Barthet with the LeanZone.com podcast. Today, we're going to talk about how to take someone to court yourself, small claims court, um, so that you can save the money in legal fees uh, and just do it yourself. And uh, today, we're going to be talking to my longtime legal assistant and sister-in-law, Marlene Massey. How are you doing, Marlene? I'm good, Alex. How are you? Good. Now, you've helped lots of our clients go through this process before, correct? Yes, I have. And is uh, I'm guessing people think that it's much more difficult than it really is, right? Is that what folks tell you? Yes. Typically, they think it's very difficult. Um, and once we get through it, um, they realize what's more difficult is probably the electronic component with the court system than actually putting these documents together. All right, so let, let's get right into it. So the first thing folks need to know is that the reason why this is, we think this is so important now is that they've just increased the jurisdictional limit for many, many years, if not decades, it was $5,000. And it recently had changed to $8,000, meaning anyone can sue anyone else on their own in small claims court so long as the claim does not exceed $8,000. And and that is going to change uh, in a year or so up to as much as $15,000. So learning this skill is critical so that you can handle these cases on your own without having to spend money in legal fees. So Marlene, what is the first step that someone needs to do uh, to start this process? Uh, first of all, you should gather all of your documents. Um, I refer the client to um, check on Sunbiz, the correct entity they're going to be suing. You want to make sure that you have a credit app or a personal guarantee that you're um, adding everybody to the lawsuit that um, you want to sue. Um, I also make sure that they review the amount due and separate their service or interest charges so they have a correct amount and stay under that $8,000 um, threshold that we have with small claims court. So let, let's, so you mentioned a credit app or personal guarantee, but any contract can do, right? So if I have a estimate or a proposal, um, even if I have no agreement, right? I just have my invoice that they haven't paid. I can still use that, right? Correct. You can use that. Um, I just always mention it because sometimes they don't um, remember that they have one. So it's always good if you do have one that you attach it off the, you know, the beginning of your lawsuit, just so that you have um, all your T's crossed, make sure that you're suing the right people. So now I've figured out that uh, um, who I want to sue, I have my documents ready. What's the next thing that I do? Um, then we're going to see where, what jurisdiction you're going to be in. Um, you know, typically our clients are going to be either Miami-Dade, Broward, or Palm Beach. Um, I provide the links that they can uh, look at the small claims for each one of these counties. Uh, but we also provide them the form that uh, we work through together and just uh, plug in all the information that's needed. It's going to be a statement of claim and a pretrial notice. So... Now, if you're listening to this and you're not in those counties, um, there's an easy way to find all of this information. And the way to do it is go to Google, type in the county that you're in and type small claims court. So you could type in Martin County Small Claims Court or Pinellas County Small Claims Court. And most every jurisdiction, um, actually every jurisdiction, is going to have a little pamphlet, a PDF um, or a website that's 
I'm going to give you a link to these documents that Marlene mentioned, the um, and and how you can fill them out. They're all pretty much the same in every county, right, Marlene? Yes, pretty much they're all the same. Um, some of them might have a little bit of different language, um, but essentially they're all the same. And the form that we provide can be used across the board in every county. So I've got my documents ready. I've downloaded my uh, proof of claim form. I've filled it in, right? It just, it doesn't need a lot of information, right? It's pretty much the parties you're going to sue, how much you're suing for, what else needs to go in that form generally? Um, generally, what type of uh, service you provided. Um, some ask for it, some don't. Our form does. Um, so that's just plug in, you know, plug it in. Okay. So I've got this form ready. Um, what comes next? Next, we will have to open up a ePortal account. So Florida has a standard portal where all counties are connected to it. And this is where you will file all your documents. So we no longer have to walk down to the courthouse or stand in line. Um, everything is online now. It's pretty simple. Uh, once you open up your account, you will have access to all the counties. So um, now if I'm not a lawyer, right, I'm doing this myself, I still create my own ePortal account? Yes, you will open up an ePortal account. And when um, there's a drop down to register what type of entity or, you know, lawyer, or if you're, a, you know, a mediator. So there's one that's a creditor. And that's the one that we would choose creditor. Okay, so I go ahead and I put that information in, I create my account, I guess it sends me an email just like any other. Yes, email, it does. E other online service, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so then what do I do next? Next, you're just going to walk through the steps of picking your county and filling out. It's going to ask you um, what kind of document you are filing. Um, when you initiate a case, it's actually you click on initiating case. It's <laughs> It'll walk you through it, um, ask you questions. Some of them are redundant and will be asked several times, but I guess it's just the court's way of filtering cases and making sure that it um, it's docketed correctly. So you just go through all the questioning that they ask. Um, you're going to put in the amount that you're owed. Um, and then you will go through uh, the different tabs. You're going to be adding the parties. You will add your company as a plaintiff and you will add your defendant, um, providing addresses for both. Um, then you will upload your documents. Uh, you will file your fee, pay your fee. Can you do and that with a credit card? Yes, you will have to link a credit card because it charges a credit card. So part of um, signing up in the registration will be uh, linking a credit card to your account. So we forgot to give everyone the website. So the ePortal website is myflcourtaccess.com. Myflcourtaccess.com. If you go there, that's where you'll sign up um, to create this account and go back there anytime you need to use it. So I'm guessing the hardest part is doing this the first time. After that, it should be pretty simple, right? Correct. And then um, once you upload your statement of claim and your pretrial notice, um, just so that you're aware, the pretrial notice is kind of like a summons. It needs to be served on the defendant. Um, 
So once it is issued, you will either get an email from the court. And if you don't, because not all clerks and not all counties will email you back, you will have to check back on the ePortal site. Um, usually it takes you know three or four days and you will download that pretrial notice. Once you have your pretrial notice that is stamped by the clerk, you will get that with your statement of claim. And um, we use a process server, which is FIPS uh, reporting and process serving. And um, we get them the documents and they take care of serving the defendant. The, deserve, the defendant has to be served because on that pretrial notice, there is a court date. So instead of them receiving a deadline to respond, they're actually receiving a court date that they need to appear to and um, tell their side of the story. So let's go through that one more time. So sometimes people think that serving means maybe sending it via certified mail. That's not what you're talking about, right? Correct. Not certified mail. It has to be actually served by process server. Right. So you can hire a private process server. Uh, Marlene told you the one that that we use, FIPS, which is a private service. There are many others. You can Google uh, process servers and you'll find some. Uh, you can also hire the sheriff and the sheriff will serve process as well. But I would tell you almost everyone uses a private process server. So the you'll create an account with them. You'll have to pay them a fee to serve process uh, for you. And that physically, that, that means that's, that a person, a, a certified process server is going to take the paperwork that you give them and physically uh, serve and hand the, the those papers to the defendants in your case. That is a requirement in order to have um, your case move forward. So let's assume that you you get service. Um, we now have a, a pretrial notice. Let's assume that that's coming up in a in a couple of days. How does that how does that work, Marlene? What is what what goes on at this pretrial notice? Uh, at the pretrial, you are going to appear with your documents in hand, um, your proof of, uh, you know, either your contract or your invoice, your uh, whatever you have as backup that you you performed or you provided the service and you have not received payment. Um, they're going to appear or they may not appear. Um, when they do appear, the judge will usually have you go into a separate room and kind of mediate, see if you can come to an agreement on how um, this could be paid off, whether it's being paid in full or maybe they need a payment plan. Or, um, or let me interject here, or they may say, I don't owe you any money and they correct. and they refuse, right? That's a, that's an option. Right. That's also an option. Um, hopefully that's not what happens, but it, it does happen. Um, or they may refute the work that you did um, and then, you know, the judge will be like, okay, you guys have to come back at a separate date uh, with more proof of what exactly happened. If they dispute it and there's, you know, proof of the work not done correctly, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but usually at these small pretrial, you'll either come up with a mediated payment plan or um, they will not show. And at that point, if they do not show, a default is issued. Um, and then the court will allow you to submit some extra paperwork where you can get a judgment. All right. So there's a lot, let, there's a lot right there. Let, let's break that down into the, the various things that could happen, right? So, so first step is you got to get service of process on the defendants. Um, and assuming that you do, you're going to show up at this pretrial hearing. Um, and a couple of options uh, are at hand, right? So one is that the defendant 
or defendants don't show up. And if that happens, you automatically win and they automatically lose. And the court is going to ask you to submit additional paperwork so that you can get a judgment, a piece of paper, a court order that says you won and they lost and they owe you the money. Um, There are other podcasts we've done about how to collect judgments. We're not going to go into great detail here about what to do once you have a judgment and how to collect it. But effectively, you've you've won the case and now you have a, a, a legal document that says that those defendants owe you the money and now it's up to you to go get it. Um, so that's one option. Another option is you all show up and the court, the judge sends you to mediation. So um, when there wasn't COVID, you would physically leave the courthouse into another room the courtroom into another room and there were, would be mediators waiting for you and you would try to work things out um, with this court appointed mediator. Um, and if you can, then the parties enter on the spot into a mediated settlement agreement. So you'd write up an agreement. The you know defendants shall make $1,000 payments every month for the next six months payable to this location and this party. Um, so that's the type of thing that, uh, would happen at the mediation. Everything now is via zoom. Um, things are starting to change and and going back slowly to, uh, in person, but for the most part, everything in most counties in Florida is still via zoom. So when we say the judge sends you to another room, um, it's, it's just a breakout room within zoom to try to mediate. If you cannot settle the case, at this pretrial, you go back in front of the judge and the judge is going to now give you a trial date, the actual day where you will come back with your witnesses and your documents, and you're going to actually have the trial. Um, And it's rare that this actually happens. In our experience, almost every case gets resolved via mediation or default. But in the rare event that there is actually a trial, um, you'll get a new, you'll, you'll come back from the mediation the judge will give you a trial date. And in that trial date, or at that trial date, you will show up back in court. Again, you have to check every court's a little different, whether that's going to be a Zoom trial or an in-person trial. You should ask the judge. Um, you're going to have all your, you need to have all your documents ready. So I would suggest not only having um, the actual documents like your contract and invoices, um, account statements ready, but have related documents with you as well. Text messages, emails where you're asking for money where, and emails from them responding, oh yes, yes, we know you, we owe you the money. We're just sorry, We're, we'll get you paid soon. All of those documents are gonna be important at proving your case. And it's not the document itself that tells the story. At the actual trial, you need to have a witness. Now that, wit- that witness may in fact be you. So you will get sworn in and you'll show up at the trial date and you'll tell your story. Um, and then you'll have the opportunity uh, to ask the other side questions, just like they will have the opportunity to ask you. And at the trial, the judge typically right there will issue a, a ruling saying who he or she thinks is right and wrong and how much, and they will enter a, a court order um, at the end of that actual trial. Um, so that runs through pretty much the entire process. Uh, did, did I miss anything, Marlene? 
Um, no, you hit every every uh, nail on the head there. Everything they need to know is is right here in this podcast. So um, if you have any questions, you can always let us know. Um, send us an email, alex at barthet, B-A-R-T-H-E-T dot com. But again, I would strongly encourage you to take a look at the frequently asked questions and um, pamphlets that are put out by the clerk's office in the county where you're located, those are typically very good resources to help you understand the small claims process. Um, We are encouraging all of our clients to look into this because as the jurisdictional limit increases, it's it's a great way to handle collections on your own without incurring the costs associated with a lawyer. And, and as I said, almost every case gets settled. You just need to bring enough pressure to bear on the defendants to force them to pay you. And typically, um, that is a court action. So just filing the court paperwork typically is what it takes to get you paid. Um, Marlene, thank you very much for your time and your expertise. I really appreciate it. You're very welcome, Alex. All right, everybody. Have a great day. See you on the next podcast.